Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, let's see. He burst onto the music scene in the 1970s as the lead singer of the heavy metal band Black Sabbath. What am I talking about, really? I mean, he invented the damn thing. To some, though, he's better known for his reality TV work with his wife Sharon and the kids Kelly and Jack on shows like The Osbournes and Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. I am talking Ozzy Osbourne, of course, who just last year released a solo album on a tour. Top of the charts it was, too. But this week, he was forced to announce that he was cancelling dates and is now retiring from touring completely. Ozzy, a combination of health issues have left him pretty weak and uh, much too weak to travel. That's what it seems to be anyway. Stuart Clark, Come on, Stuart. Stuart, are you all right? I am good, good yes. Good. I'm really sad I won't have one final chance to see Ozzy, but some great memories. I, I just wonder, I, I saw Black Sabbath once, but I mean, uh, I, like, I can't even remember much about it, to be honest. Um, let's just take a look anyway. Um, Ozzy's 55 years of touring, very colourful. Uh, so, were you surprised to hear the news? No, to be honest, the Parkinson's is taking a grip. And yeah. the spinal injury he suffered in 2003, he had a very bad quad bike accident and broke a vertebra in his neck. He was in a coma for, for eight days, was given, you know, like resuscitation. Um, he's had a load of um, uh, um, operations since, that the back is not good. And I think that the, the mind was willing, but the body not able. OK, what do you think of Ozzy, by the way? I think he's great. He's one of those few single-name musicians that everybody knows in the world. And he's been around for 53 years. And in this business, longevity is really hard to remain relevant for that long. And he's quite literally soundtrack people's lives. Um, there's an argument about who invented heavy metal. Was it the Kinks all day and all of the night? Um, was it Iron Butterfly? I would say modern metal. It was Sabbath. And you look at the influence, Seattle, all those bands, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam were pretty much a Black Sabbath tribute act at times. And then, as you say, the reinvention when MTV came along, the regrettable hair metal phase, but also the fact, you're right, in 2002, the Osbournes was a massive hit. And being in people's living rooms every week is very powerful. Everyone thinks they know Ozzy. It did in a way they're reducing to kind of a cartoon, which was a shame. Well, it reduced it to a cartoon. I wouldn't say a shame, but yeah, in one way. I mean, it's funny, actually, we had uh, Joseph O'Connor on earlier on and he picked his album, his favourite album, which was Horses by Patti Smith. And he said it's the only time he ever bought an album because of the cover. He saw it in the shop and said, I've got to buy this because it's a great cover. I mean, we used to buy the albums. At that and a friend of mine, like we one album a week because we couldn't all afford one. And uh, my friend bought um, the first Black Sabbath album because of the cover. There's a woman uh, dressed in black standing in a kind of a graveyard or something. So this looks like, we had no idea what it was or who it was. <laughs> I remember hearing Paranoid for the first time and it was punk about five or six years ahead of the Pistols it was the greatest rock and roll riff of all time and actually quite a condensed three or four minute pop song it's interesting I I never met Ozzy you might have done but I spoke to to many people who've been in his orbit and uh, very sadly shortly before his death uh, I was talking to Taylor Hawkins but Taylor had played on that album you referred to Patient Number 9 and he was just totally in awe but he made the point that that record was influenced not by metal bands but by the Beatles the eureka moment for Ozzy back in 1963 was hearing She Loves You and he was a massive Fab Four fan which you might not get from some of his records Yeah you know funny thing I did interview um, we had Tony Yummy or whatever you pronounce his surname in here once and then we also I interviewed him once in London but the funny thing is like he did most of the talking Tony and like what do you call him Ozzy didn't really say an awful lot necessarily but he was kind of sitting back in his seat and I just said like well you've just changed bass player you got this that or the other and says uh, yeah you know, you had to leave it was medical reasons you 
you know. And Ozzy just goes up to the microphone and says, yeah, we were sick of him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the, other, the other person I spoke to was Mike Innes, who had just left uh, Ozzy's band when he joined Alice in Chains. And again, he said he was a great boss, apart from one thing. Ozzy had some hair clippers. If you fell asleep or you were drunk, you'd wake up with no eyebrows and half a head of hair. Oh, uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike had hair down to his bottoms. He'd survive somehow. So, you know, it was quite tough, I think, touring with Ozzy for many reasons. Right, I mean, like, but he, he's a sensitive soul, though, isn't he, really? I mean, this cartoon image and all the rest of it, it did make him world famous, etc. But he's a, he's, he is a caricature of um, Ozzy. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's like Alice Cooper or Iggy Pop. Yeah. You yeah. know, John Osborne, to a degree, goes to work and becomes Ozzy. Uh, his biography, autobiography, I Am Ozzy, is a great read. It's very honest mm-hmm. and funny, as you'd expect, but extremely tender. I mean, he had a tough upbringing. He had dyslexia before dyslexia had been named and was diagnosed, especially in schools in the West Midlands. So everybody, uh, his teachers included, thought he was thick. Of course, he was anything but. And rather darkly, he was sexually abused by school bullies. Uh, He spent six months in jail for robbing a neighbor's shop. He was really in trouble. And it was the Beatles. It was music. He decided, this is for me. So he formed Earth with some mates from around the you know, West Midlands area. They became Sabbath. Uh, and their debut self-titled LP was a, a massive hit, straight away top 10 in the UK, top 30 in America. Uh, and despite bouts of alcoholism and drug dependency, he always somehow managed to muddle through. And I, I think actually the main reason he muddled through in, in the later years was for the love of a good woman. Um, the then Sharon Arden, uh, the daughter of Don Arden, a, a notorious rock and roll manager in, in the Peter Grant mould, uh, yeah, tough absolutely. as granite. Yeah, he used to he he used to dangle people out out of windows, <laughs> six floors up, just to get the money off them. Well, they deserved it. Oh, yeah, of um, course they did. But, yeah. <laughs> but the Sharon came in, and I think she saved his his life. Yeah, and she saved his career. She definitely spotted the opportunity to reinvent Ozzy through MTV in the early days of yeah. MTV. And he wanted to always, he wanted to make sure that when they were getting married, it'd be on July the fourth because he's in America so often that he'd always remember the anniversary then because otherwise he said he'd never remember it and he did get married on July the fourth. But anyway, like you know, like Ozzy himself then, I mean, caricature and all the rest of it and that he did make some pretty fine music down through the years, didn't he? Well, you know what? The first five Sabbath albums, the, the self-titled one, Paranoid, Master of Reality, Volume Four. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. This was the old days, like David Bowie. It was an album every six months. Yeah. Uh, and they toured nonstop. And actually, when he got back together, his, his um, solo group, Blizzard of Oz, I hadn't realized till recently that it was Gary Moore that was the catalyst. Now, Ozzy came to Gary and said, will you play in the band? And Gary went, no way, not a chance, because Ozzy was really out of control. But he was a great friend, great admirer, obviously, of Ozzy, and said, look, I'll help you audition. So he set up the auditions in L.A., and found these really amazing players, including Randy Rhodes. And one of the things that Ozzy did throughout the years is he really recognized, you know, Zach Wilde. He could spot a burgeoning guitar hero a mile off, and he gave them their, their break and a chance to shine. Now, Randy Rhodes sadly died amidst the madness uh, in a freak uh, oh piloting my God. action. The Randy Rhodes death is one of the most bizarre things I've ever come across. What an like, I mean, idiot. Just like flying this plane that can't even fly the damn thing. You know, mad. And trying to buzz the people down below yeah. and, and, and the wing hit the ground and he died. But I mean, you know, we, we said this about many musicians, but seriously, how Ozzy had stayed alive is quite incredible. Not just 
because of the accidents. But, you know, if you urinate on the Alamo in America... Yeah, I mean, like, that was one of the biggest stories of all. Like, I mean, he was he was trying to have a... to, to relieve himself, I should say. And uh, he goes over and does it against a wall. It happens to be the Alamo. So just explain me to that. Well, basically, he was there with a the band, spot a sightseeing, a drink had been taken... He decides he needs to go to the toilet. He can't see a public one, so let's let's do it here. You know what? I, I suppose the people surrounding him egged him on. There was a lot of living vicariously through Aussie. He was happy to live up, stroke down to his reputation. You know, when he spotted a dove, which was dead, he thought, why waste a perfectly good dead dove? I'll bite the head off it. Um, then, of course, there was the infamous occasion when he was on stage and someone threw what he thought was a plastic bat onto the stage. This, this thing didn't move, so we thought, ha, 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 I'll eat it. He bit into it, and the bat bit back. And then Ozzy had a really painful course of, of, of rabies injections. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it is, it is stranger than fiction. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you know, it's really funny because Etna's here as the producer and she just said there, you know, let's talk about the role of Sharon. To hell about the role. That, that, that's not Ozzy Osbourne. Any, any, any of his life with Sharon and the television, I don't give a damn about that. It's Black Sabbath we're talking about here, right? They were a phenomenal band <laughs> and to invent a genre. And, and you know what? There's a lot of bands that were great, but there aren't kids in rooms now starting out because of. But there's always a generation of kids. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting, it's looking at Twitter, the amount of, like, 20, 23, 24-year-olds who are so upset they're not going to see Ozzy and uh, Judas Priest as well, a, a fellow sort of originator. Um, actually, there's a fantastic, I must just give a name check, I saw them years ago, there's a Limerick tribute band to Ozzy called, of course, Crack Sabbath. If they're, playing, if they're playing in your neighbourhood, check them out. Right, indeed. OK, so um, just a few other things. Like, I mean, I better talk about Sharon then. Uh, Sharon like, like gave him a whole new life and he had no idea what was happening, did he? I mean, that programme on TV, because he had no idea, is why people loved him. Well, this is it. He, he just came across this bumbling buffoon, but very, yeah. very lovable. Um, and at times there was great wisdom. And we now know that he had the early onset of, of Parkinson's. He was on medication. Um, it, it was kind of both funny and sad. Yeah, I, I mean, like, he, he spent most of the time trying not to step in dog shit. Yes, <laughs> he was just... I mean, he had a lot of women in, in the house. He was probably a bit henpecked. I mean, Sharon, a very formidable character, uh, and the dogs didn't get out as much as they should have done. Um, so you, you, you do remember that side. But, yeah, he was also releasing great records like, you know, Diary of a Madman. Um, he, he also was a master of winding people up. The more people said, you're the prince of darkness, you're the devil, the more he, he was willing to exploit that uh, stereotype. Yeah. I, I love that, that someone asked him very, very seriously one day, are you into black magic? And he went, yes, especially the ones with soft centers. Right. Yeah. Because that was it. <laughs> you know, he really was not in communication with Beelzebub. He wasn't summoning up the vomit. Um, but the more, you know, concerned parents and Tipper Gore said, this is disgusting. And then Ozzy went, hang on a second. If I have a sticker on my record saying this is obscene, all the 14-year-old kids in Boise, Idaho, trying to wind up their parents, are going to buy the record. Of course. The more, the more you burn my records, you, you bought it, it's been paid for at Walmart, the more I sell. So he was really well aware of the fact, and Sharon acutely so, that the more he became the devil, the more he was going to sell. But it, it did bring some unwanted attention. There were, of course, the parents. I mean, it was very tragic. Uh, a young 19-year-old lad 
had completed suicide and had been listening to, to Ozzy and one of the songs on the album was Suicide Solution uh, and decided this, this was the reason why their, their, their son had died. And that was a nasty sort of dark oh, incident for yeah. him. I think that kind of shook him to the core. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, well, anyway, he's now retired and he's not going to be playing again. So uh, we wish him the very, very best and recovery as, uh, you know, as much as he can. Although he's got the Parkinson's, it's, it's, it's there now long enough, hasn't it been? I'm afraid there's, yeah. you know, my brother has Parkinson's yeah. too. There's only one outcome and it's not good. Do you know what? In a way, I'm trying not to talk in the past tense, he's still alive, but it's kind of nice. Remember Philip Chevron saying when he had his tribute yeah. gig? Yeah, I remember having in the, in the, the Olympia, yeah. Having the tributes while I'm alive, it's great. So yeah. in a way, it's kind of nice that people are saying things about Ozzy that they say after his death while he's alive. Good point. Uh, Stuart Clark, Hot Press. Good man, Stuart. Thank you very much. Indeed. Cheers. It's been a pleasure. This is especially for you. Dave Fanning on 2FM.